Hey everybody, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're so glad to have you with us here today in the House of Faith. You know, we talk about that all the time, especially here on this broadcast. We talk about what it means to be in the house of faith, what it means to live by faith, to walk by faith, to talk by faith, to fight by faith, because the scripture has so much to say about all of those things and what the life of faith is all about. But when you really look at it and you get down to it, there is a very simple way to approach living by faith. And we began something on last week's broadcast. We're going to continue it today and for the next several weeks talking about the simplicity of faith. Now, if you missed last week's broadcast, let me encourage you to go back and pick up on that because today's going to be part two in this series, The Simplicity of Faith. We're going to continue talking about what faith says. Simply put, faith talks. So let's go right now back to Washington, D.C., where Sarah and I were invited to minister alongside Brother Andrew Womack in his Washington, D.C. Gospel Truth Seminar. Here we go with part two of The Simplicity of Faith. Faith Talks. When I hear about the household of faith, it hits my heart and my head in a completely different way because I have personal firsthand experience with what it's like to grow up in the household of faith, man. It's faith every day. It's faith all day, every day. And as a kid, Growing up in that, even though I went to a Christian school, uh, kindergarten to graduation, I was surrounded by other Christian kids. I figured out pretty early on, we're different. As people of faith, as people of the household of faith, there's a difference. Now, I will say this, my kindergarten application day, my mom walked us, walked me in as a six-year-old into this little Christian school weeks before the school year started to fill out the application to go to this little school and, uh, you, you know, to meet with the headmaster. We walk in, the headmaster welcomes us into his office. We sit there. My mom fills out the application, you know, all the pertinent information, name, parents' names, address. There was a place there for grandparents' names. So, of course, she put Kenneth Gloria Copeland. She gives the application back to the headmaster. He's reading, it all, all, uh, reading over all of it. He looks up at her. Big tears begin to fill his eyes. The man reaches into his shirt pocket, pulls out a Kenneth Copeland tape, and says, this changed my life. And even as a five-year-old, I'm sitting there thinking, this is going to be all right. This is going to work. And that's the school I went to, kindergarten all the way through graduating high school. And I was surrounded by other of uh, Christian families, Christian kids. There was something like 80 different churches all represented in that school. And of course, you got a bunch of different denominations. But I figured out real quick, like real quick, that we were different than everybody else. As people who lived and walked by faith, as keepers of the faith. Somewhere around junior high, I think something must have happened. A friend of mine maybe wasn't at school for a couple of days. He comes back. We're like, hey, man, where were you? You good? He's like, oh, yeah, I was, was kind of sick, but it was fine. You know, I just laid at home, just laid around, watched TV, whatever. It's kind of nice. And my thought was, that's not what happens at my house. <laughs> if you're going to come in and say, mommy, I don't feel good, 
It's not about to be, oh, baby, bless his heart. Come here, come here. What can I get you? You just get comfortable right there. You want to watch a little TV? I was thinking, that's not what happens. If you're going to come into my parents' room and say, I don't feel good, lights on, covers off. Jeremy, get your Bible. Jeremy, get your tapes. Come on, make this confession after me, boy. Say it out loud. By the stripes of Jesus, I am. What are you sitting down for? Get up. Follow me. Say, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. By the stripes of Jesus. Say it like you mean it, boy. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. I guess I had a little puppet voice when I was a child. But that's the house I grew up in. There was a fight of faith. And when we needed something, if I needed anything, hey, dad, hey, mom, I need this. I got to have this. And the, the response all the time was, what's the word say? What's the word say? What's the word say, Jeremy? What's the word say? What's the word say, Jeremy? What's the word say? And finally, as a kid, you're like, just tell me what the word says. <laughs> if you'll tell me what the word says, then I'll know what the word says. And I can tell you what the word says. I remember when my sister was in college, she was going to school at Oral Roberts University. My parents asked me to drive her back to school one time. So she's whatever, 19, 20 years old. I'm seven years older than she is. So I'm probably pushing, what, 27, 28 at that time. And we're driving back to school and she's, she's talking to me and she's, there's some frustration in her voice. She's like, I'm talking to mom about this stuff. And I talk to her and I, I'm trying to tell her what I'm going through and tell her what I'm dealing with. And all she ever says is, what scripture are you standing on? What scripture are you standing on? What scripture are you standing on? It gets real quiet in the car. I'm like, well, what scripture are you standing on? I don't know what to say. I have the same parents. That's all I ever heard you. But I'm going to tell you this morning, and this is from the bottom of my heart, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. And now what's funny is my wife, Sarah, and I, we have two little ones. Justice, he's nine. Jesse, his little sister, she's six. And we're raising these two in the household of faith. And it's so, it's so cool to hear it coming back at you, you know? Several years ago, we put Justice in the back of the car. Sarah and I were driving and we were headed to some appointment. I think we were running late. We called in some food, picked it up at a restaurant. I brought it back to the car, handed Justice his we take off, we're eating, and out of the back seat, without us saying anything, we just hear our little Justice, who was probably five, six at the time, we just hear from the back seat, grilled cheese, you cool down now in Jesus' name. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's not normal. That's not normal. but it's exactly what I want because normal is confused. Normal is discouraged. Normal is sick and broke and depressed and dying. I don't want normal. And I'm going to tell you, you, 
You might be household of faith. If your five-year-old gives the faith command to a grilled cheese sandwich, you know there's something different about your house. But that's the house I grew up in. That's the house that Sarah and I are leading right now. And we know, we know without a doubt that's the assignment on our lives is to teach people how to raise a family in the house of faith. Because it's different. We talk a little different in this house. Have you noticed that before? We say things that the rest of the family doesn't say. I want to say the rest of the family, I'm talking about that, that global body of Christ. But you know, you got family within family, don't you? And, and even in your family, you've got that side of the family. <laughs> that, oh, it slipped our mind. Sorry, we forgot to tell you to come. Everybody's got that side of the family. Well, sometimes as house of faith, I feel like we're that side of the family. But that's all right. That's all right. But I'm going to tell you something. You're not alone. I said, you're not alone. We're a big group. One time I was on the phone in, that, in the first little house that Sarah and I lived in together after we were married. And uh, I had called the internet company. Something was wrong with the Wi-Fi in the house. So I called to get it worked out. The technician answers the phone. Hello, Mr. Pearsons. How are you? I said, I'm, I'm doing good. How are you today? And he said, oh, I'm living in the victory. This is the Wi-Fi repairman on the phone. <laughs> living in the victory. I said, living in the victory? You sound like a faith man. He said, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a faith man. And we got to talk a little bit and it doesn't take me long to get around to Kenneth Copeland is my papa. <laughs> He said, wait, what? Kenneth, what? Oh, I got your calendar on my wall. It's right in front of me. My grandparents had sent out a ministry calendar to all the partners of the ministry all over the world. And it had pictures of the family and the, and the ministry. And he's like, you're right here in front of me. I know that sounds like a silly thing, but the Lord really used that. That helped me so much to realize you and I are a big group of people. We are a Holy Ghost gang. Amen. And we're not alone. We're in this household, this family of faith. And that's what the word household means. It means family. And I am astonished. I'm amazed that as much focus has been given to living by faith and walking by faith and the principles of faith that, is, that we've heard, especially over the last 50, 100 years, 150 years, I am I'm astonished that a denomination has not been made out of it because that's what we as humans like to do with things. We, we take things that we like, things that we love, and then it's like, well, we need to put an infrastructure and we need to put a head and a secretary and a treasurer. And, a, and I'm so thankful that a denomination has never been made out of this message because it was never called to be a denomination. It was called to be a family. We are the family of faith. We are the household of faith. And I'm determined that this life-giving, life-saving, life-changing word of faith is not going out with the generations before me. I am a keeper of this faith. Are you? Say it again. I'm a keeper of the faith. But one of the things that I want to touch on, wow, is just how simple it is. 
with as much teaching and as much preaching as we've heard on faith, it's easy for it to get complicated. It's easy for us to start complicating things. But I want to bring you back today to the simplicity of faith. In Romans chapter 10, tempted to just read this whole thing. It's so good. But if you will begin in verse 8, it says, what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. So the word of God is supposed to be in two places in your life. Where are they? Number one, your mouth and in your heart. He said, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. What is the word of faith? Well, here it is. Verse nine. If you confess with your, say it out loud, mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That is the word of faith. That's what Paul said. This is the word of faith that we preach, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. Now, like brother Andrew was talking about last night, that moment of salvation, that's when we're born again. And that's That's when the greatest miracle that has ever taken place takes place even still today, greater than miracles of of the physical body being healed, greater than financial miracles. This is the greatest, most demonstrative, biggest, loudest miracle that's ever taken place in the life of any person ever was when they made Jesus the Lord of their life and they woke up from the dead. They were dead on the inside and now they're alive. That miracle is still taking place. It took place at this altar last night. It's taking place in the hearts and the lives of millions of people all over the world every single day. Don't you tell me God doesn't do miracles. That miracle's happening everywhere, every day. Now, how is that miracle happening? Somebody believed something in their heart and then they said something with their mouth. Now, I know that that's what happens when we're born again, but here's what you and I need to understand. And this is where faith gets so simple. Now, don't let this be too simple that you just say, well, that's, you know, I've heard that before. Now, listen to this. The truth that you're born again by is the same truth that you live by. This, this moment of salvation, this is not a one and done kind of thing. This believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth, that's when it started. But guess what? That same truth that saved you, that you were born again by, is the truth that now you live by. You believe in your heart and you say with your mouth. You believe in your heart and you say with your mouth. And what is the result of believing and speaking? Salvation. Salvation. And we know that this salvation, like I said, it's just not one and done. You and I are supposed to be living in and experiencing salvation in every area of our lives, every single day of our lives. How do you experience salvation in your family? How do you experience the salvation of your marriage? How do you experience the salvation and the restoration of your family, your finances, or any area of your life? You believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth. That's the word of faith. Isn't that simple? Believe in your heart and say with your mouth. Look at verse nine again. You confess 
We'll back up verse eight one more time. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved for with the heart. One believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hold your place here in Romans chapter 10 and turn back to the book of Matthew quickly with me. Matthew chapter 15. I want you to notice something Jesus said. Don't forget, we're talking about the simplicity of faith. You believe it and you speak it. Thank you, Lord. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus was speaking to some of the religious leaders. And in verse seven, he uh, got some of that same boldness brother Andrew had last night. And he said, hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart, where is it? It's far from me. Notice he said they're doing something with their mouth and there's something going on in the heart, the mouth and the heart, the mouth and the heart. The psalmist said it in Psalm 19. He said, may the words of my mouth and, and, and what? The meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Jesus, in talking to these hypocrites, he said, you draw near with your mouth, you honor with your lips, but their heart is far from me. Folks, if we could ever get our hearts and our mouths in the same place, there would be saving power available to us. You know, it's real easy to measure how much of a hypocrite you are. All you have to do is measure the distance between your heart and your mouth. However much distance there is, that's how big a hypocrite you are. However much distance there is between my heart and my mouth, and of course, you know, I'm not talking about this physical blood pump in my chest, but you know, I'm talking about the, the core of you, the heart of you. However much distance there is between what's going on in the heart and what's coming out of the mouth, that's how much hypocrisy is in our lives. And Jesus went on to say, they worship me in vain. You know what the word vain means? Powerless means it's producing nothing. Now, our worship is designed to produce something. When we come before the Lord, and not just in singing songs and not just in a service like this, but your life of worship, your life of acknowledging his existence, acknowledging his presence, you acknowledge him in all your ways, and the result of that is what? He directs your path. And you come before him every single day. Father, I worship you. I glorify you. I magnify you. I honor you, Jesus. Yours is the name above every name. You, oh heavenly father, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. What are we doing right now? Worshiping. This is a good way to start the prayer. This is the good, a good way to start the day. Just in worship. And you are acknowledging not only the existence of God, but you are acknowledging the love of God, his desire to be real 
and to be real in your life and what you worship, you give place to. What you acknowledge, you give access to. This is how you give God access to your life. And this worship is supposed to produce something. But Jesus said, these people whose mouth is way up here close to God, but whose heart, give me a second, is way somewhere else. And he said, because of all this distance between the heart and the mouth, it's producing nothing. People who have heard the word of faith, got excited when they heard the word of faith. It ministered life to them when they heard it. You look up and 5, 10, 15 years later, where are they? Did they keep the faith? Or did they let something rob them of it along the way? Sure. It's happened. But they get frustrated. This is what I believe one of the big reasons people who have heard this word, got excited about this word, but are nowhere to be found now, they get frustrated. You know what frustration is? It's the, dis- it's the distance between expectation and what actually happens. And that space between tries to breed frustration. And there's a lot of people frustrated saying, well, I tried that faith stuff. I tried talking to it. I tried confessing and it didn't do anything for me. Well, if we're honest about it, we have to realize and recognize that the lack of power is due to the distance between the heart and the mouth. Thank you, Lord. I think we ought to spend some time getting these two things in the same place. Because the moment your heart and your mouth end up in the same place, there's power available to you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.